0: Welcome to Transit Unplugged. I'm your host, Paul Comfort. Today's guest is John Sisson, the CEO at the Delaware Transit Corporation, or Dell DART. DART is a statewide transit agency that provides service in big cities like Wilmington, Delaware, to the capital of Dover, to even the beach towns of Rehoboth and Bethany. With over 1,000 employees and 500 vehicles, this transit system provides paratransit service border to border in the state. John says his employees are the heart of DART. And on today's episode, we take an in-depth look at how they recruit and retain employees for a transit system in today's employment market. John says they hire for attitude, but train for skill. I'm happy to also announce that John will be a special guest participant in our CEO roundtable called Transit Unplugged Live at this year's Trapeze Think Transit Conference being held in Tampa, Florida, April 14th through 17th. Now let's listen to our guest, John Sisson, CEO of Delaware Transit Corporation, on today's episode of Transit Unplugged.
1: What does it mean to be a successful public transit agency? What are you doing to lead the way? It's time to learn from the top transit professionals in North America.
0: This is Transit Unplugged with your host, Paul Comfort. I'm Paul Comfort, your host of Transit Unplugged, and today I'm in Dover, Delaware, with John Sisson, the CEO of the Delaware Transit Corporation. John, thanks for having us in today. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, yeah. John's pretty close to me where I live, so it wasn't too too bad of a trip to come over here. I spent a lot of my life in in uh, Delaware, and I know you have too. You spent a lot of your life working here at this agency. I have.
1: I've spent most of my life in Delaware. Um, my dad was in the Air Force, and I came here when I was in first grade, and you know, we never left. And I know. Uh, Eventually, I did, I did go off to Villanova University for college, but I came back, and I started here. I started as an intern in my junior year, working for what was then the Delaware Transportation Authority. Okay. Um, and they oversaw all multimodal different things throughout the state. And then I also worked for the Delaware Railroad Administration, which was contracting with SEPTA for buses, and then getting into designing and running some uh, statewide commuter buses. From the idea of precursor to commuter rail—still yeah. hasn't gone to commuter rail yet— but I came on full time and I, I worked my way through running contract bus operations, then got into the facilities side of uh, the business uh, where I really learned a lot and got to know a lot of people. I found that in the facilities, whether you're doing an administrative facility, a maintenance facility, a bus depot, or a train station, you learn a lot about the business. You talk to the employees, you understand what those facilities mean to them, you talk to the customers, and it great, gave me a great foundation. I learned a lot about how everything operated. I questioned a lot of things and grew from there. I did leave for a little bit to go work in the consulting world for about a year and a half. Totally different. Trying to accomplish the same thing, but totally different approach or different side of the house. You go from being the one giving direction to the one to accepting direction. Yes. Right? (laughs) Yes, client, what do you want versus... Hey, consultant! I want you to do this for me. Right. Um, it's flip it's,
0: sides it's, of the coin. Huh? Flip
1: sides of the coin. But it, it it gave me a good perspective on their approach and how they look at things, and how they approach being a private company trying to make money, but also still having the core foundations and goals of a public service agency like uh, Transit Corporation or Transit Agency, where we're you know we're really serving the public. Or, you know, and, and there's a passion that comes to being in this field in this sector. Yeah. Because. Right? It's, you know, it's not always about money and it's not always about other things. There's a sense of fulfillment when you're able to help people and their transportation needs.
0: Isn't that the truth? I think we're in one of the best fields for that. Yeah. I I don't know about you, but when I first started out running a smaller transit system in Queen Anne's County and I was much closer to the passengers, I felt that sense of satisfaction very strong every day when I went home because I knew I helped 400 senior citizens get to the senior center today, get to the doctor. But the further I went up the chain, the less I felt that connection with a passenger. And I think that's why it's important for folks like you and me and others to remain in contact with the passengers. So we keep the end goal in mind. We're here to help people.
1: We are, and, and, yeah. I, and I talk to I do it myself and I talk to my senior staff. I talk to others about getting out in the system and riding. Yeah. Seeing what the passengers are experiencing, talking to them, understand their needs, Everyone's unique. You're trying to design these systems for the masses, but hearing the individual tales, understanding what they're going for, and then to see them, whether they're going to a doctor's appointment, going to work, just shopping, whatever they're doing, you can tell their satisfaction. You can see that they're accomplishing what they want to do, and and it is satisfying. Usually in this business, you hear more often about when you didn't do things quite right than when you did things correctly. Yes. But every once in a while you get those. And I I actually just saw something on Facebook today about one of our bus drivers who does an excellent job. And this person talks about how reliable he is to make that bus connection for her and do all these things. And and it's very satisfying.
0: It is. Yeah. So when you came back from the private sector, what did you do then? You've been back here, what, 10 years now since then?
1: Probably a little longer than I think. So it was two thousand. Four or five, I guess. Okay. It's a little yeah. bit longer than that. I got back into doing facilities work. I was helping DelDot do some things. I was able to do some cool things like uh, renovate the Welcome Center on I- I-95 in Delaware, oh, which okay. is amazing. Money drives a lot of things. So you have a visitor center in the middle of the interstate that generates a lot of money, and you put out a contract that says, hey, we want you to design, build, maintain, and run this for a long period of time. They closed that center in right after Labor Day, and they opened it by the next July. Knocking down the old one and rebuilding one. So you want to get something built. <laughs> and
0: there's had money involved, money, right? Yeah.
1: And they were paying $170,000 in rent a month just when it was not even open. Wow. So that motivates people. Three shifts. You work through some weather. You work through some blizzards. Yep. It got it, would, it done. It huh? got it done. So there, there's always innovative ways to do things and do things a little bit different. When you
0: find out how to motivate people. Yeah, right? how to find out motivate people. <laughs> so then what'd you do?
1: I progressed up. I, I got into doing performance management. My predecessor, uh, Lawrence Skyver who's out at Sunline Transit, came in to DART. She turned things upside down a little bit for the good. She got me working in performance management, looking at the analytics of the agency, how things are running very interesting, a very cool type of things. She's been a past guest on our show. Oh, yeah, uh, she's, she's, she's great. She's Good awesome. Friend of mine, she's, yeah. uh, she's great. She, she, she's an awesome lady in the transit world. When she left, I was able to uh, follow her in this oh, role. Oh, so
0: that's, you came right up after she left. came okay. right up
1: after Lauren. And, oh, that's uh, neat. It, it's been an adventure, tackling all sorts of different things. I didn't think I ever would.
0: So how long have you been CEO?
1: So I've been CEO since for about, I'm guessing it was like almost five years, four okay. or five years. Now.
0: And In your agency here, how is that decision made? What's your governance structure?
1: We're a little bit different than most transit agencies. We don't have a a board of directors. Mm -hmm. I report to the secretary of transportation who's appointee by the the governor. But I also, I I remind my employees, I have, I call 62 members of my board of governors. Those are the state local legislators, state representatives and state senators. So uh, I, I was hired by Secretary of Transportation at the time, Shailen Batt, but it's now Jennifer Cohen. And so I report directly to the Secretary. We work very closely with DELDOT. So we're, I'm part of the DELDOT, Delaware Department of Transportation, overall structure, which is very unique and very helpful to us. So when mm. you're talking about roads being built and talking about other things, you really can take a multimodal approach to things, and you can really get on the from the design, the plan, the Inside track of how things are done, so it's, it's very beneficial.
0: That's good. And how is your budget set, and all that? So is that part of the Delaware Department of Transportation yes. submission to the General Assembly each year? That's it adopted? is. Yeah. It
1: is. So we go through we go through two kind of cycles parallel. We go through our operating budget cycle where we get a uh, annual subsidy from Dot to run our operations. So if we want more services or to expand, we go through the General Assembly. Okay. And we also do our capital program the same way. So there's a there's a uh, operating joint finance committee that approves the, mm-hmm. the, the overall general assembly and the governor, and then there's a the bond bill commi- committee that approves the uh, capital program. And we're in good shape right now. Um, obviously, the economy's better. The secretary just announced over the next six years there's $4 billion worth of work in Delaware in transportation. Nice. And a good portion of that's in transit and good. coordinated multimodal uh, projects. It helps from an IT side, it helps from an information technology. Disc- sharing that information, sharing that data. We have lots of good opportunities. DELDOT has a um, transportation management center that oversees the whole transportation network. They're getting our our data from our bus system, our real-time information. They're working across all, all different levels to coordinate those systems. And we're starting to look at new ways to to
0: better manage all those things. That's great. So that's a perfect segue to tell us about your current system. Like how many buses, how many drivers, where do you operate, what do you do? We're
1: unique, we're a statewide system. Um, We have about 1,000 employees in the organization. We do almost as much paratransit service as we do fixed route, at least from a budgeting standpoint. Really? We provide paratransit statewide, door-to-door, door-to-door statewide, which is a little bit unique. Um, A couple days of the week, we we follow exactly what the federal guidelines on fixed route, but generally we're providing statewide door-to-door. We have 300 buses fixed route, about 300 buses paratransit operating in each county. And so the counties are—they themselves are a little bit unique. In Newcastle County, which is our northernmost county and has the city of Wilmington into it, it is the closest thing. You know, it's an urban type system where, and we're working to, to change it over time. It was, a, you know, designed to really focus in on the central business district, bringing people into that that area. And we're working to change that to as people start going suburb to suburb, right. making these suburban to suburban yeah. destinations, and trying to uh, through-route those sit, buses through the city and still make those connections.
0: So you run big 40-foot buses up there? Big 40-foot Gilligs,
1: typically running around. We have a couple 30-foot. And we're starting to look at other small, different-style buses to try to meet those different demands.
0: And you got Kent County, where Dover is? Kent County,
1: State Capital is here. It is a small hub-and-spoke system. It does a great job getting people around. It's it's mainly transit-dependent people. Mm -hmm. Um, There's not a lot of places where they charge for parking here. It's easy to get around. The traffic isn't terrible. It provides a critical service. And then... And Sussex County, it's it's almost two different little systems. One is the rural Sussex County area. It is it is our southernmost county, it's the largest geographical county east of the Mississippi. So it's a fairly really? decent sized area. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, it's farm fields and different yeah. things and a lot of there's uh, chicken plants and different industries that way. But on the eastern shore is our resort area. And and I first came to Dell when I first started here, it was a May to September place. It is a
0: year-round. Rehoboth, Bethany, all that. Rehoboth
1: yeah. Beach, Lewis Beach, Bethany Beach yeah. connects down to Ocean City, Maryland. Oh. These are year-round activity centers now, and a lot of people have retired there. I know the town of Lewis; the average age is over sixty years old.
0: Wow, I love
1: Lewis. Oh, it's a great place. Oh, they're man. they're beautiful. Yeah. They're, each of the little ones are they're nice and unique to themselves. Mm-hmm. But millions of people flock there a year in so the summer. Got all
0: that you've got them. Spike up service in the summer and yeah. then ramp it down in the winter? Right. So up until this – this actually, this
1: winter is the first time we're really putting out the service during the winter. But in the summer, we really do spike up. We're on 10-minute headways in the peak on the major route. Okay. Um, You're
0: urban-level yeah. service Yeah.
1: in this resort community. Do um, you connect
0: in with Ocean City Transit?
1: We connect, yeah. So we go from Lewis Beach, which is the northernmost one, all the way down to Ocean City, Maryland, connect in with them. It is awesome. We, we, we bring in – we connect with a ferry that goes between Cape May, New Jersey and Lewis, Delaware. Yeah, We partnered with them last, oh, this past cool. summer to take their trip. So you're getting people coming from all directions, doing all different things. There's tax-free shopping outlets down there that are very popular.
0: Right. Delaware has no sales tax. No sales tax yeah. in
1: Delaware. So people flock here. They'll, they'll, they'll go and spend... I got to spend a day with my wife and my daughter and her friend running around one rainy day down there. Uh-huh. It was painful, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it you, need so you almost
0: have three different styles of systems. Right. all run by one big. And do you have different garages, three different garages? We,
1: have, you we run have multiple garages. So we have two garages in Newcastle County, one in Dover and one in Georgetown, and we're building a, another one in Lewis right now. Ah. We run inter-county service between all these locations to, okay. to make those connections. And so the beach area, the one we're building in Lewis now, it partly is for fixed route, which is important too, but it's also for paratransit. You know, it's a lot of demand wow. coming out of there. We were, we were tra- traveling 20, 30 minutes. A driver would live in Rehoboth, drive thirty minutes to Georgetown to get their bus to drive thirty minutes back and do yeah. a lot of these trips in that
0: area. It just wasn't, no, that wasn't sense. efficient. Now you say you run almost the same amount of paratransit service as fixed route. Do you outsource any of your paratransit or do you run it yourself? We do some outsourcing.
1: We have First Transit doing some in Sussex County. We have actually they're doing Kent Newcastle and Sussex County. We do some outsourcing there. We're partnering with senior centers and agencies to do some service as well. Okay. So it, it didn't make a lot of sense. We were Taking them to their area, taking them to their business, they were doing some stuff. So we have created some partners with Easter Seals and Cheer, which is a local senior center here. We're in that that new paradigm for paratransit. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. how do you do it more efficiently? How do you do it more cost effective? And how do you deliver a better service for your customer? Right? There's some high demands on us.
0: Uh, is your service ADA only, or do you have senior citizens too? Right?
1: It is ADA. Only. Okay. Actually, I shouldn't say that. We do have senior citizens at a certain age. Do it a lot of dialysis, right? A lot of ADA, and so inside the service area, the federally you know mandated three quarter mile, we call it our ADA service, and then outside that, we call it our demand response service. We charge a little bit, we charge a little bit more, okay? Do that, that's good. Yeah, Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, but it is still, it costs just as much to run a paratransit as our fixed route. So we're doing about a million paratransit trips a year, doing um, seven and a half, it was a little higher, Our, our fixed route ridership's
0: down a little bit. Did you say a million paratransit trips? A year. And how many on fixed route? Seven and a half million. Okay. What's your budget for your agency? We're about $120 million right now. For your operating budget? Yes. Uh-huh. And are you saying you spend about the same amount on paratransit? You do I,
1: on I, I talk about, I do, uh, I said we do about 45% of our budget on paratransit, 45% on a fixed route, and another 10% on having SEPTA bring commuter rail into northern Delaware. Oh, yeah, Delaware. we didn't
0: talk about that. Yeah. Tell us
1: about that. Yeah, so uh, SEPTA has... One's from Philadelphia. Except the, yeah, system. southeastern yeah. Pennsylvania Transportation Authority. There out of right. Philadelphia, and Wilmington is just almost a little suburb of Philadelphia. Right. We contract with their Wilmington-Newark line to bring commuter rail down, and they have one of the biggest, if not one of the biggest, if not the biggest commuter rail systems in the yes, and the and the nation. But they, they do great service. So they they hit four stations in northern Newcastle County and Delaware, mm-hmm. and those those a lot of those customers are are traveling into Philadelphia to work. But we're actually starting to see the shift where. Our station in Wilmington, which is also an Amtrak station, has just as many people coming in as many people going out. And we're starting to see a little bit of that shift of people want to come to Delaware. Yeah, reverse commute.
0: commute almost, yeah.
1: Reverse commute, so it's great. So yeah. you, have that, you have the level of service out there, and you're, you're in it both ways.
0: A couple of years ago, when I was at MTA in Baltimore, I think my staff was talking to your staff about trying to close that last 20-mile gap. Right. Because we ran Mark train, but it didn't come all the way to meet your, your train service. It
1: is the last, I think, between... DC and Boston, the last gap of commuter rail in the Northeast Quarter. Yeah. And uh, we continue to have the talks. We continue to do the studies about ridership feasibility. We're working on a project at the, the Newark train station, turning it into a regional transportation center, putting a center level, high-level platform in there so two trains can be in that station at once. Okay. That will help that the feasibility of having. Mark trains potentially come up and having more than one train at that station
0: oh, good, and, and
1: helpful scheduling there's still a lot of there's still a lot of challenges
0: in between, yeah, yeah,
1: but we keep our eye on it that's your
0: main service, right those are our services okay so let 's talk about what's coming you've got a lot of cool ideas and plans. you just the governor was here this morning, you told me talking yeah. about what they've got planned for transit so what, what's coming for you guys so technology is
1: driving I think all transit agencies. We're looking right now at connected and autonomous vehicles. We have an RFP out in the street. We got some responses on, and we're evaluating them. We know this is going to be part of the system in some some shape or form. And so, getting those types of vehicles in here and getting them to learn to learn more about them, understanding how they work in the system, is is going to be cool and fun. And did Delaware, you, did you put out an RFI or what you do? We did an RFP.
0: RFP. Okay. And,
1: yeah. And so we're trying to partner with the University of Delaware and to to pilot these buses around our Newark train station and their new innovation campus, they call it the Star Campus, um, near the University of Delaware. The cool thing about Delaware is because DelDot maintains so much of the road network, they also control almost all the traffic signals outside of some in Wilmington and I think some in Newark, that you can really take this technology and use it in the system. And so your whole transportation network is talking to each other. We talk about ideas of saying you know eventually you can tell how many people are on the bus and maybe give signal prioritization based on the capacity in the bus so a bus with two people may not get that signal prioritization a bus with 25 30 people may get that signal prioritization and so you you can start using this information use artificial intelligence use all you know the human can't do all this so you you're you're managing all this network together and start delivering transportation better and giving priority to the masses uh, so to speak.
0: That's so That's one area. That's a great concept.
1: And then the other is just you know part of what is all this data, right? There's data everywhere, and we have some really talented people in our IT department. One of them was taking the data we have from our paratransit system and creating an app on his own to let our customers know when that bus is coming. So. Before it was I felt like it was a Seinfeld episode. When's your <laughs> bus coming? Five, ten minutes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so now we know, you we, know we, have, to we take have, the reservation. You got to hold the reservation, the reservation. right? <laughs> so you, you, you now you now now that it's it's feeding it automatically, and you're taking the the idea of someone calling a calling our customer service rep. Where's my bus? Then looking up the count, looking at it, trying to figure out when that bus is <laughs> going to be there. They're putting that information in the palm of their hand by by that client and looking at those. So and it could be on, on the paratransit side, it could actually be the customer or it could be the caregiver. And oftentimes, that you know, our paratransit customers, some of them you know, have cognitive disabilities and they can't manage these things totally on their own. But you're putting that information out there. So you're doing things smarter and you're doing things better. So we had an innovation fair, this second-year Dell Dots Innovation Fair, where people come in with these ideas. And actually, the paratransit app and run tracker was won one of the technology awards. And the governor was here this morning highlighting the investment in transportation in Delaware and congratulating those who come up with innovative ways to deliver things more cost-effectively, better, and overall just delivering better customer service. And, and that's where this world of new technology really is. And it's not about it being cool and neat. it what is it doing for our customer? Mm-hmm. We're modernizing our fair payment system. We're modernizing a lot of things. And how does that data, technology, and everything, information make your customer experience better. Everything, you know, to me, I keep I keep focusing on that customer experience, driving driving that home. Your decisions need to be about the customer.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah. Not, not every transit system has that as their driving goal. Because uh, yeah. there's so many competing political priorities. There are, and, yeah. and they're challenging. And so as we do
1: this and how you, you manage these, you know, the resources don't grow necessarily. So we're working on getting electric buses into the fleet. So we expect to have 16 of those. We've gotten some low-no grants through oh, FTA. Nice. Yeah. So we'll have electric buses in our fleet. On the paratransit side, a couple years ago, we went down the road of going to propane. So the buses we bought for years used to be diesel, and then they stopped making the diesel version of them. So we went to gasoline. Fuel was one of our four big cost drivers. And so we experimented with propane, and it's saving us 20%, 30% really? over gasoline. Yeah, We partnered with Roush Cleantech. Um, they came in, they actually helped fund Um, half the construction of two propane fueling stations. We have one one more to be built. Actually, our new Lewis Transit Center will have one, and our Wilmington facility is almost open now with propane. And our goal is to, to take those cutaway buses and put them all on propane. It's cheaper, it's cleaner, it's better. So whether it's electric on fixed route or propane or whatever may become next, we're always looking at how to manage those costs, and do it in an environmentally sensitive way. Who does your uh, maintenance on your vehicles? Do you have your own shops? We have our own shops. So we do all our maintenance, which is, it is great in controlling, you know, and being able to control your own destiny. That is one of our challenges, Mm. the blue-collar workforce. Is it unionized? It is unionized. Mm -hmm. um, And and they're, they're good. I mean, we have good employees. It's just getting people to come in. And want to take that field, that
0: oh, career, right. yes. getting that career what path. What are you doing about that? There's a lot of people talking about, how, I mean, Lauren and I talked about yeah. it when I talked to her about her show. Yeah. Yeah. So we're,
1: we're working on a proposal to try to create an apprenticeship through through our union shops and, and do that. Um, actually, we, we did something really cool here. We're, we're doing, and it came out of Delta. In Dover, Delaware, there's one of the high schools that has a program called Project Search, and they take students with disabilities and help develop them and get them in the career field. So DelDot started an internship program where they, they come into the workforce. And you know a lot of them, whether it's uh, they're on the, the autism spectrum or some other thing, they're able to do certain tasks very well and you can train them. So we actually have two, two uh, students who are cleaning buses for us. They come in, they, they, they have a job coach or doing this stuff, and it's been fantastic. That's great. So we're looking at different ways, but we, we gotta get we gotta get the partnerships on the mechanics. We gotta start them young, create those partnerships, work with different ways to, to make sure that there's a work-life balance. We we struggle a little bit about saying, okay, you know, we have garages that are 24-7. A, a new person coming in doesn't necessarily want to work nights and weekends mm-hmm. and all those things, and you're balancing generational challenges, right. those things. So yeah. whether it means incentives to work those late nights and to shift differentials and do other things, it's an ongoing effort. We are, we're coming up with new ways to promote our jobs, whether it's wrapping a bus and in telling your stories. You know, the salaries are good. The benefits are better. But, you know, the career, career opportunity is there, right. right? And so sometimes, you know, just saying I'm, you make X dollars an hour, Isn't the story you got to tell? You got to tell the full picture. That's
0: right. I just did a presentation on that at APTA about purpose-driven employment and how the millennials, the people that are just a little younger than you and I, you know, coming up in their 20s and 30s, they want to have purpose in their job. They want to. They want to know how am I impacting the community. And man, we've got a story to tell, we don't do. we?
1: Yeah, and so we have a campaign, Careers with a Purpose.
0: Oh, you do? Yes.
1: Oh, that's good, man. We have a bus, bus raft in each county, Careers with a Purpose. Really? We're putting our jobs out on Facebook, doing different yeah. things. And it, you gotta like, do Snapchat now, man. That's, Snapchat. <laughs> that's where it's at. <laughs> I know.
0: Geo targeting ads on Pandora Radio, right. et
1: cetera. Yeah. And, and we're making headway with it, but that's it, is, good. it is a challenge.
0: Right? Yeah, that, the, getting the right people in. You're right. They, now we're at a place where we're basically at full employment. Right, or you, know, you have three and a half percent unemployment. You, everybody that wants a job basically can get it, right? And you need
1: good employees, right? Right. You just don't need a body; you need a good employee. And so we talk about that with drivers: hiring for attitude and mm-hmm. training for skill, right?
0: Oh, that's good. Right. I like that.
1: And so you might be able to drive a bus, but if you're rude and aggressive, and I don't think I necessarily want you. But if I can, if I can find someone with a good attitude, we can teach you how to drive a bus. For the mm-hmm. most part.
0: That's a um, great motto, right? Hiring for attitude, training for skill. Training for skill.
1: That's a good maintenance one. is a little bit more challenging. That yeah, right? right? Yeah, there, yeah. there is a there is a real skill set that comes with maintaining a forty foot diesel bus. Yes,
0: yeah. But how long is your driver training class? You know,
1: for fixed route, it's three weeks intensive class, and then it's another six weeks on the road with field trainers. Yeah.
0: Do you teach people how to get their CDL if they come in? If, and they,
1: if they come with a CDL permit, we will get them the CDL. Yeah. The DMV is part of Dot. and so you when know, we, like have, we have <laughs> trouble getting those scheduled. We can make a phone call, get them scheduled. We have our own training pads, DMVs, we have our simulators, and we're very successful. There yeah. hasn't been a case where we haven't been able to get someone to get a CDL.
0: That's great. So um, in the remaining minutes we have, let's talk a little bit about some other futuristic things that are happening in transit and what your thoughts are on it. Are you getting any of these uh, – Bikes or scooters dumped in Wilmington? What do you think of Uber and Lyft? Mobility as a service? Those kind of topics.
1: So we, we were down in Nashville together at yes, AFTA. Yeah, and yeah. we don't have the little scooter problem Nashville <laughs> has, but I have a feeling it might be coming, working its They'll way up. they just dump
0: 500 up in your city, yeah, in Wilmington. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. Bikes, is a, bikes are a big thing. The state's investing in bike trails and other ways to get around. So bikes are a big thing. Our, our fleet for years has been equipped with bike racks. We actually start putting bike repair stations in our park and rides and our train stations. So if you have a flat tire, you need oh, little things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's not, only, not only is it storage for it, it's just the little minor things. And those little things go a long way. They do, yeah. Right? And so we continue to understand that uh, transportation is a multimodal facet. You're going you're gonna to deal with all, all different aspects. Mobility as a service is Definitely something we're we're involved with. We're right now we've been crowdsourcing people's trying to get information on where their 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 transportation gaps are. So we've okay. been out there. where People are taking maps and saying, "I'm good here to here, but this is where I struggle." This first, last people use it first and last mile. I say it's first and last five miles at least in Delaware. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. getting a little some of these rural areas, understanding and trying to crowdsource and data where we should focus. We're going to go out on the street again and try to find a partner who can provide these on-call services, not just for our ADA customers, but for everyone, and use those to fill into the rest
0: do of. Do you lineup. have Uber and Lyft and we taxis have, here? Or? We have
1: we have a taxi system that's mediocre. It's it's mainly in in Wilmington or the beach areas, and okay. there's some in Dover, but yeah, it's not. You know, you're not New York City,
0: right? Right.
1: And Uber and Lyft come in and they do a great job of filling those gaps and stuff, but. We don't have, I don't think, Uber Pools much or any of those things. People are taking those one-off trips. Right. It's not something that's economically affordable, at least in Delaware, to to make that as your your normal routine. But they need to be part of the solution. And we talk to them. Um, We talk to them, whether it's in the connective on Thomas vehicle realm, and we sit on a a governor's council and trying to figure all those things out. Um, I sit on a pedestrian council, actually in the chair of the the governor's pedestrian council, trying to work on pedestrian needs. Just...
0: And you have a pretty safe system here, right, speaking of pedestrians? Yeah, I mean— I don't—I Del- never hear anything really bad about your accidents. Well, well
1: Delaware had a high pedestrian fatality rate. It's it's better this year. Okay. And we're working—you it, know, it's a three-pronged approach of education, the built environment, and policy. Okay. And trying to mesh, mesh all those things together and try to figure out where we need to make um, improvements. dot has got, over the next five or six years, $20 million in sidewalk and ADA improvements planned. Um, filling in those gaps whether it's lighting and doing those other things yes yeah right um and then education we sit there um, we just partnered with office of highway safety they put people on our buses and talk to them about especially this time of year it's getting darker early Mm -hmm. earlier and later you know it's the the fall talking to people about safe pedestrian activities once they get on an awful bus so most you know transit customers pedestrian they're getting off our bus and, you know.
0: And they turn into a pedestrian, They turn right? into a pedestrian. <laughs>
1: walk 25 feet to that crosswalk. Just yeah. don't dart across the Right. Road. Speaking and of darting, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and DART means, uh, stands for Delaware Authority for Regional Transit, right? It, just FYI. It or used to. to. Yeah? It used to. What's so it mean now?
1: It just means DART. Okay. So in 1995, there was... The Delaware Authority for Regional Transit, there was the Delaware Administration for Specialized Transit, which was DAST or Paratransit Services. Oh, yeah, I remember that. There yeah. was the Central Delaware Transit, there was a Resort Transit, there was Commuter Services, the uh, Railroad Administration. They all came merged under the Delaware Transit Corporation. Okay. And the service is DART. So the gotcha. service is first— oh, The name of your agency is DTC, yeah. but it's— okay. The service is DART moving forward. You know, we get a little bit— our uh, dark first day, we get a little bit of confusion with Des Moines and Dallas every once in a while. Oh, yeah, right. The other thing I want to talk about, it's not even so much on the, the technology side or the innovation service. But one thing we, we just did recently is um, we looked back and did a focus on our employees. Mm. Our employees are our number one asset. Outside, you know, buses or everything, our employees are number one asset. Yes. So we interviewed them, we talked to them, what's important to them, and we launched a new campaign, uh, They Are the Heart of Dark. And so we launched that internally as a way to understand what their needs are so they can do their job better to deliver that job better to our customers. And then February of next year, we're going to launch that campaign externally to our customers, that they are the heart of Dart. And so we are a service industry. We have to be focusing on our customers. And if I, I, I firmly believe if you focus on your employees, they will take care of your customers. And, you, and you, everything you do in that, that realm um, will lead to yeah. better service.
0: Richard Branson from Virgin Airlines, he's big on Virgin Yeah, I
1: mean, I, I don't yeah. want to say, I didn't come up with that myself. I've, right. I've heard it from Richard Branson. I've heard yeah. it from others. But it's, it's so true. A disgruntled employee can do so much damage. <laughs> That's right. You're <laughs> right. right, man. Yeah. Whether, you know, and, and if they don't have the resources, whether it's continuing education or training Or good equipment and buses. And and I I try to make sure all our employees understand how they they contribute to the mission from an HR employee to an accountant, mechanic. How do you contribute to the mission of delivering safe, reliable transportation to Delawareans and visitors to Delaware? It's a lot of work, but it's, it's so fulfilling.
0: That's wonderful. You've got, I think your background is well-rounded. You had some public and private sector experience and your overall service. You've got the big city, you've got a medium-sized city and you've got resort and then all in between, all in between. a very well-balanced system, John. It, Congratulations. It, thank you. Yeah.
1: It, it, it's fun. It's unique. I love just talking to people like yourself and other people in the business and, Working on trying to figure out how to do this better.
0: Yeah, well, sounds like you've you've got a good plan set out for yourself. Thanks so much for being our guest today Thank on Transit Unplugged. Me. Yep. It's been awesome. We look forward to hearing about you and the publications <laughs> about all the cool new things, including your new A V, your new pilot. That's yeah, gonna be awesome, that's, man. That,
1: that's gonna be fun. It's cool. A little scary at times, but it's yeah. gonna be cool.
0: <laughs> Very good. Thanks for being with us again. You're welcome.
1: You've been listening to Transit Unplugged, powered by Trapeze Group. To stay up to date, subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or join the conversation at transitunplugged.com. Thanks for listening.